Hello and welcome to episode 69 of the Perth to Paisley podcast. Happy New Year to all the Heart of Midlothian family for 2022. Joining me, Adam Kennedy, to discuss the men in maroon, as always, in the first episode of the new year is Mr. Daniel McIver. How are we, McIver? Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you as well, and I reciprocate it to everybody as well. I hope everybody over the festive period had a lovely time. Uh, I'm doing good, generally. I managed to see family for Christmas, which obviously I wasn't able to do last year, so that was great. Had a quiet New Year, and ready to speak about the fantastic football club of Heart of Midlothian. What about you? I'm great, mate. I've had my booster today. Um, last How are you year- feeling? Uh, actually alright, I'm genuinely Ooh. doing not too badly, which I'm slightly worried about the after effects tomorrow, I feel like I'll be uploading... For me it was during the night <laughs> I'm going to be like the uploading the pods tweet virtually from my bed <laughs> <laughs> just Dead. dying um, but no, I feel fine had, had a nice Christmas, it was nice to obviously not spend a Christmas Eve going out to the airport to get Covid tested, um, I think my dad mm-hmm. was relieved to wake up this Christmas not with coronavirus like he did last Christmas um, and yeah had, had a nice festive period Boxing Day was well it's, it always is the best day of the year but did Hearts necessarily make it the best day of the year probably not um, and if we start with going around the grounds there were of course the six Scottish Premiership fixtures on Boxing Day um, the first of which took place at McDermott Park as Celtic swept St Johnston aside 3-1 in Perth I think that was a 12 kickoff or a half 12 yep. um, God knows wasn't watching it early that. yeah um, <laughs> um, Aberdeen got the better of Dundee 2-1 at Pitodre uh, Dundee United were blown away 3-1 by Hibernian at Tanadice. There was, of course, our fixture. Um, Motherwell 2, Livingston 1 was my only correct score prediction um, as that took place at Fur Park. Uh, Kim Van Veen scored an absolutely cracking yeah. free kick um, and Rangers got the better of St Mirren by two goals to nil at Ibrox. Um, probably also should have mentioned Lee Griffiths' free kick, but let's move on. Oh, um, yeah. What did you make of, kind of the other quintet of fixtures, McIver? Well... We'll go to that Dundee-Aberdeen one first because I just don't know what's happening with Dundee anymore. <laughs> I just don't know what they need to do like to do anything worthwhile in this division. I just think they're going to get relegated. Like The Griffiths free kick will be up there for goal of the season, but it says a lot. It says a lot when like it means nothing. Like <laughs> You don't get anything. <laughs> to be fair, I think the main thing that I took away from this fixture was... James McPake's seethe at the game going ahead was incredibly yeah. pleasing. Um, That's true. And I actually thought, particularly when I saw the scores come in, I was like a bit surprised that, they, that they'd taken the lead and thinking, could Dundee of all clubs actually do us a favour? But yeah, of no. course they didn't. No, of course not, because they're James McPake's Dundee. Yeah. Um, Hib scored an offside goal that I don't understand how it hasn't been picked up on. <laughs> Like I think there's there's no even Tam Courts himself seemed pretty surprised that that's been given the first the Nisbet goal at the start he's like he's a mile offside he's so far behind the keeper I don't understand it's what it is isn't it yeah exactly you're not you're not even surprised at this point you're not angry it's just I'm just learning to accept that there'll be some faux pas or mishap every single week without fail yeah and then. 
the both the Glasgow clubs just won. Obviously, Kyogo was kind of the big talking point from the Celtic game, knackering his hamstring again. Fingers and, crossed. Well, this was the thing because I saw. I, obviously, I didn't watch their game as well. I I just watched the sports scene highlights, as I'm sure you did as well. Yeah. And it was one of those that it was like, oh, he's knackered because he just ran for a ball and immediately pulled up, sat down, and was like. I'm done. A lot of my Hibs fan mates are furious because it's like, oh, so he just comes back miraculously for a cup final, <laughs> wins the Met, and then he's back injured again. Um, what, what was I going to say? The, uh, uh, do you know what annoys me? And uh, Many to, things. No, Many uh, things uh, yeah. is what annoys but, you. But, but, but I don't want to get too <laughs> controversial here because obviously I know that with COVID and whatever, you see these medical experts kind of come to the fore on Twitter. Oh, I'm terrified. These I'm Celtic terrified medical now. experts with this whole hamstring malarkey, like they're posting, you know, articles done by The Athletic about Klopp's Liverpool and all this, and I'm just like, your players are injured. Like, injuries happen. I can remember <laughs> us crying about injuries a couple of seasons see, back. Watch the documentary with Austin McPhee where he's like, I've literally got a full team out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps the board should have backed Ange Postacoglu more in the summer. You could have fulfilled like positions in the squad. Like, there's no point crying over spilt milk now. It, it, it's it's happened. Boo hoo! Instead of buying James McCarthy it's, on a four-year deal. Yeah. <laughs> like you spent tens That's of millions. Still insane. I, I don't want. I don't want to hear this nonsense. That's still mental. A four-year deal for James McCarthy. A crocked James McCarthy. Crazy, and then yeah, then Rangers just won comfortably. St Mirren look like they just are in complete and utter free fall, which is lovely. Which was kind of hilarious that they held Celtic and Paisley a couple weeks yeah. prior. Yeah. <laughs> a depleted St Mirren squad, I should say, yeah. held, held Celtic. Um, and yeah, Motherwell two, Livy one. Uh, uh, do you know what? No, I have like, nothing to say other than Van Veen's free kick was another cracker. It was great. It was great, however, he's still somebody that I don't think turns up in the big games. I I would probably agree with that, to be fair. Um, but no. no no real shocks or surprises was that it was fairly no. routine. Um, something that wasn't fairly routine, that should have been, given the first half performance, was <laughs> Hart and Midlothian beating Ross County at 2-1 at Tynecastle, which is obviously you know, the main talking point of this podcast. Um, I was hoping that this would be a festive feast of football, given that Hearts and County would go toe-to-toe at Tynecastle. Um, Robbie Nielsen had made three changes from the side that had beaten Dundee, albeit two of which were enforced. Um, Gary Mackay-Steven, the suspended Cammy Devlin, and the seemingly injured Stephen Kingsley all making way. In came Alex Cochran, Michael Smith and Aaron McInef, um as the men in maroon lined up as follows. Uh, what I will say right off the bat is, people might notice me looking at my notes we said before we came on air, this game feels like it was a lifetime ago. Yeah. Like, we're recording this the 4th of January, so it was only Boxing Day. Oh, yeah, a week and a half. A, a, week, a week and a bit. And it genuinely feels like a lifetime ago. Um, but yeah, the Hearts, the Hearts team, sorry for that, was Craig Gordon in goal, a uh, back three of John Souter, Craig Halkett and the aforementioned Alex Cochran, with Taylor Moore and Andy Halliday uh, at right and wing right and left wing back respectively you had Michael Smith alongside Peter Haring in the middle of the park 
Had we known that this would be a central midfield duo at some stage of the season? It's my favourite midfield duo we've ever had in my life, I think. <laughs> and my two favourite players are like, just there. We were literally talking... Like, we have been building Benny Beningame and Cammy Devlin to high heaven. How, like... Damn Celtic fans, this is what happens when you get injuries and suspensions. You, you chuck in other players and you hope for the best. Um, as we did, obviously, with Michael Smith and Peter Hanning. And then Barry Mackay and Aaron McInef supporting Ben Woodburn leading the line in attack. What did you make of that starting eleven? Because there was no place for Jamie Walker in the starting eleven, despite proving the match win against Dundee at Dens. He had to settle for a spot amongst the subs. He was joined by Stephen Kingsley, who seemingly made a miraculous recovery. I thought that he'd be out for a good wee while. Yeah. You had... Josh Ginelli, whose suspension was over, but he wasn't in the match day squad whatsoever. Benny Beningame is, of course, on the sidelines, like we say. No place for Liam Boyce. And then Ben Woodburn was chosen to lead the line instead of Armand Nandwili, who's our only other recognised striker. So, what did you make of the bench and the starting eleven? Listen, all that happened was Robbie was like, I'm mixing it up for the end of the year, having a laugh. Come on. He's definitely day. looked at it and gone, ah, fuck it, it's only one fixture left. What's the worst, what's the worst that it's can Ross happen? It's Ross County, come on. Um, I'm, I'm happy Jamie Walker didn't start, because he can't start games of football at this level anymore. I'm worried about Liam Boyce. Uh, Gina was out with COVID. Oh. And... Which we believe because Thanks Robbie said that, that there was. It's all right. <laughs> Robbie me look said, like a right fanny giving a watch to the Gaffer's press conference, and he was like, "Oh yeah, Josh Josh Dinelli's back in training. His suspension's done." And then I just see him omitted from the squad. I'm like, "Oh, right." So just before the game on Hearts' Twitter, Robbie was interviewed and he said that there is a mix of injuries and COVID for the oh, players missing fantastic. out, and you have to assume that with boys clearly hurt. And Gino, the only one omitted for non-injury or suspension reasons. Yeah. <laughs> By process of elimination, yeah. it was Can I just say, this was probably around the time that I was frantically messaging you at my sheer yes. rage with yes. Hearts and Hearts TV. Yes. Um, I, I'll leave it at that. I'm not going to disclose you know, my, my viewing circumstances or, or anything like that. It was a perfectly legal stream that I watched Hearts play Ross County on. Perfectly legal. Definitely. Um, So, to continue with the team and move away from potentially libelous accusations labelled at us, um, (laughs) Andy Halliday, fuck's sake, but he has to, I guess. Your mate. Great. Alex Cochran back in. Delighted. Delighted to see him back in. I love that Michael Smith just seems to exist as this entity on an like upon himself where he's just like I'll play anywhere I saw during the week he was well during the past week sorry he was saying that it's kind of the first time um, with a certain player coming in that we mentioned last week and we'll definitely touch on more later on that it's the first time he's really had competition since he's been here since he's just had to deal with a mix of injuries with his deputies or just He's the clearly rubbish. the best. But yeah, he's clearly yeah. the best player. So he said that he's really happy that he's now finally got competition. But he did raise the point that he's not limited to one position. He can play right back, right wing back, centre half, centre mid, uh, right wing. The, the, <laughs> uh, like 
we've we've mentioned Benny Beringame a lot for a guy that hasn't featured in a in a wee while so far into this podcast episode. I had previously dubbed him the greatest footballer that I've ever seen. That was a bit preempt, but Michael Smith yeah. is genuinely a contender for one of the greatest footballers that I have ever seen. What He's a, one of the most versatile players what I've a seen. Wonderful at footballer. Like I think dubbing him a utility player would be a disservice. Yeah. Because he's, he's genuinely more than competent in a good three, four positions, like you say. Definitely. And then the other big talking point was, as you say, Nand Willie wasn't chosen. It was left up to Ben Woodburn to kind of be the number nine. I think with paired, and again, we'll get onto it soon, but paired with all the stuff in the press, I think that's very evident why Nand Willie wasn't trusted. And then I just liked Mac and F just kind of being told, do what you want, just run about, it's fine. And he, he ran about quite well in that first half. <laughs> run about, son. Um, exactly. I, I can remember prior to the Rangers game that I'd sort of suggested that Barry Mackay and Aaron McInef support Liam Boyce then. Um, so it was quite surprising. I, I'm not going to lie. Again, you know you know what's coming here. Why the hearts? Like the squad number thing, man. I like it because it, it means like that no one has any boxing. clue, and it makes it exciting. It doesn't. It's annoying. I don't. We want listed it. potentially. You could argue we listed seven defenders in that game. Like I had no, I had no idea. It's just a mumble jumble. I don't want to have to do like my mental maths and all this arithmetic, trying to work out formations. Is that 10 outfield players? It must be 10 outfield players. Does it go 4-3-3, 3-5-2? I don't know. 4 You can surely agree that it's always going to be 10 outfield players. I feel like... Surely I, it's no going to no, one day just go, we're no, playing with seven I, for a I'm, laugh. I'm convinced that Hearts try and slip another extra couple in there. We're, we're that much of a scumbag club, I could see it. Genuinely, it, it baffles my brain. Um, but, thankfully... All my anger and worries were put to bed. Oh, don't do that! After just don't four do that, minutes, face. no, I'm annoyed because we're we're gonna <laughs> we'll come to it later on with your financial situation. I thought I was doing pretty well with the old cream cookies at the minute, but you, I mean, you're indebted to this man. Um, oh, honest to God, when he leaves, I'm fucked. There's gonna have to be some game. other like random that you select for a for a first goal scorer bet, but. Michael Smith was the very man, the greatest utility player of all time. Um, <laughs> Barry Mackay's pressing sees a deflected county pass, fall to the feet of your mate Andy Halliday, um, slips it to Ben Woodburn, there's some fine footwork from the Liverpool yeah. knee, which sees him jink his way into the box, slide across for Aaron McInef, who probably should score, um, Ross Laidlaw saves, however, there is the Northern Irishman to stab home the rebound from a central midfield role, and the Jambos are ahead on Boxing Day after less than four minutes. What a sigh of relief I breathed. And it was, I, I say a sigh of relief, I was pretty pleased. I was thinking, yes, just what I, you know, you know me, I love when Hearts got off to a fast start, put the opposition under the cosh, early doors. And that's exactly what we did. And we find ourselves 1-0 up after four minutes and you're... 365 account or whatever you place it was Skybet booming Skybet there you go there you go other betting firms are available yeah feel um, free to get in touch for sponsorship like McBookie yeah, or absolutely like 100%. definitely <laughs> um, I w- I've got a theory for you it's not so much a theory it's kind of just a statement uh-huh. we seem to be 
well, we seem to do the thing that you like, get early fast starts, when we don't have crowds. Because I remember us doing it loads of times last season. <laughs> Mainly Michael Smith doing it as well. I, I, I did like an early goal. That, that, like that Dundee, even the, the championship yeah. opener, Dundee is probably the prime example, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And so maybe we just don't need fans. Maybe was that where you were kind of betting? No, you've always, you've always. No, Motherwell away, where he scored that raker, when he had just yeah, got back from Northern Ireland. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. that's when that's when I started. So whenever that was, like twenty eighteen or something, twenty nineteen. Jesus, I can't. Because even the, obviously I was watching it with Dad, given I spent Christmas up the road, um, and he was like, "Oh, that that be Daniel happy," and I was like, "Dad." I've had a fantastic festive period. Please do not remind me of that. Why don't you specimen. want me to win money? <laughs> and him, no doubt, cheesing at Michael Smith, marauding so like, as he so often does. This is the thing. See, see, when I watch games at home when there's no crowd, it's hard to like celebrate them unless it's in a Mate, big game. Thank God you said that. I, you I, know what I mean? I, like, just kind of like that yeah. didn't even get up off the sofa. No, see, but I'm saying for this one, I did. I was oh, like, right. yes, <laughs> because it won me money. Um, and you're watching it on the laptop, so I was, I was looking at it like, yeah. no, I had it on oh, the TV, mate. I was like, I had yeah, it on the TV. Oh, yeah, yes, come on. <laughs> it's a good finish as well. It is. It's a, it's a really good finish. It it's just inside the post. Composed, sophisticated. I love him. We oh. need to give him an extension. I know if he plays like two more games, he gets an automatic year extension. But I'd give him a couple of years. Come on. <laughs> he deserves it. Um, exactly. There is one other man that I'd like to talk about first and foremost, particularly inside the, kind of the first 10 minutes. Ben Woodburn fired an effort wide from range. Um, and then he links up with Barry Mackay that lobs over to Aaron McInef on the right-hand side of the box. I think it's a kind of awkward half volley yeah. that Ross Laidlaw's on rushing and, and prevents him he seemed to close down the angle kind of really well but Ben Woodburn looked like the player that I had assumed that we were signing from Liverpool yeah. and as as the half of the podcast that's been much more critical of Ben Woodburn I'd, I was starting to think have I drank too much come Christmas day am I still steaming like what, what am I watching here See, this is the thing. As someone who was teetotal, I was still doubting myself. I was like, nah, wait, <laughs> something's happened. Like, this looks like What's a Liverpool What's slipped into my Christmas dinner here? Exactly. <laughs> he, yeah, he just looked like a Liverpool player who had come and joined us on loan for a game. Like, that's what we were wanting. I'm still not convinced on him. I'm still not suddenly going to be like, you did well for a half against Ross County. All is forgiven. Like, but... You can't criticise any part of that performance. He'll be gutted that he didn't get on the score sheet until but, when he did. Well, uh, uh, we'll come to that later on because, <laughs> look, the, I think, uh, like I say, I was just really impressed with the star. I yeah, thought we, were, really we, we looked right up for it. And I know, yeah. I know it's easy, like you said, to get yourself up for these Category A's, like either of the old firm, Hibs, Aberdeen, these are like the most important games, particularly at Tynecastle. But there, there was kind of a small part of me that thought on Christmas Day, as much as I'm looking forward to watching Hearts with Dad tomorrow, if I was a Hearts player, would I really be up for County at home on Boxing Day? With nay fans. Uh, yeah. Like, maybe a tiny, if there's a decent capacity crowd. I was going to say, normal Boxing Day, I think, yeah. would be just because of the stadium. 
But in front of no fan, like uh, fair play to the playing squad. I know, I know. If that was me, I love hearts to bits. But even there would be a part of me that would think, sack this today. That's like, shocking. That's shocking behaviour and mindset from you. That's why you've never made it as a professional footballer. Oh yeah, that's the only reason. <laughs> that's the that's the only stumbling block. Can kick my own arse? Um, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but yeah, I th- I thought particularly the the offensive trio looked good. Barry Mackay was next to kind of try his luck um, from range after a patient passing build up. Um, I'm one that again possession I get in the modern game means a lot, but. To me, it's it's just a stat. I was pretty pleased to see us keep the ball well on the hole, so long as we actually look menacing with it. And I thought in the first quarter of an hour, or in fact, I'd go as far as to say, even the first half from what we saw of it on the stream, mm-hmm. we looked menacing at just about every opportunity. And I don't know whether that's just because of the opposition, or we're kind of off the back of a massive away win at Dundee. I'd be intrigued to get your thoughts. I don't I don't know. I think a part of it does have to favour in the fact that we've been very good at home this season and when you're playing a team down where Ross County are and you pair that with the fact that we're playing well at home this season anyway, you'd think, well, that's going to contribute to it. But it did look different because we've played Dundee at home this season, who are down there, and didn't look that good that, no. as we did in that first half. So... Maybe it's uh, maybe my theory of just we play better with fans at Tynecastle is a thing. Um, it was just good. Everybody seemed to be getting involved. Like Suter hit the woodwork twice, I think. Am I yeah, right? he did. We obviously missed that due to Hearts TV's fantastic coverage that we would never criticise. It's not Hearts TV's fault. We're not getting into it, but it's not Hearts' fault. No, that's that's like I say. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not going to criticise Hearts TV. It's not their fault. It's just, just, just one of those things. The most um, passive-aggressive comment you've ever made on the show. That is saying something. And that is definitely <laughs> saying something. Um, I thought first half, Aaron McInef was pretty unlucky not to find himself yes. on the score sheet. He had a couple opportunities. Peter Haring, again, sent a lovely I long just love ball him. forward. I think it was on about 20 minutes, maybe, maybe yeah. toward the half-hour mark. Um, but Aaron McInef was kind of at the angle, and he sends one past Ross Laidlaw's right-hand post. Um, Michael Smith was just Michael Smith. That's the, the best thing, that, the best compliment that I could give him. Um, and he kind of poked one wide again after some nice patient build-up. Um, and I think my only concern was, despite Hearts' dominance, the fact that we hadn't grabbed that second goal as of yet. Because I'm always one for just getting it sewn up nice and early. I, no matter how comfortable you look, at 1-0 up or 2-1 up, there's always that danger that you're only one ahead. Yeah, definitely. I think Smith should score. I think yes. he should go... Well, he, he tries to go again to Laidlaw's near post. I think he should just put it to his far post. I don't think Laidlaw would get it. I also how... think that Aaron McInef could maybe slide him through that little bit sooner. Yeah, or, definitely. Or there's, I, think, I think Smith races through... I can't remember who's hovering on the edge of the box. It might be Ben Woodburn. I don't know whether the pullback's perhaps the better option, or I, I don't Maybe. know. Yeah, I, I, I can't. True. I can't fault Michael Smith, particularly no. given he was at kind of the heart of the move to try his luck and having already scored in the game. Absolutely, but I, I do obviously. I get your point. Where in ninety nine percent of games at one nil, I would be the same, being like, we're, "We're getting all these chances, but we're not taking them for God's sake." However, 
on the flip side, I was confident that we're... In that first half, I was like, if we keep doing this, there's no way Ross County are getting anything for this game no. at all. No, because the, the first half was so comprehensive, like we say. Um, obviously, we did miss a couple chances due to the interruption, let's just say. Um, I think... I can only remember really two kind of Ross County chances in that first half. And it was after John Souter hit the woodwork for the first first time. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, this is from re-watching the highlights. I didn't remember it in real time because I didn't see it. But um, there was one where Joseph Hungbo had kind of cut inside, but he sends a tame effort right in Craig Gordon's hands. Yes. Um, and there's one where Dominic Samuel looks to start a move kind of on the halfway line. Eventually pops out to, I think it's Vokins at left back, who sends a ball back into the middle for Samuel, but it, it was a pretty poor header and he, he should do a bit better. But mm-hmm. again, like I talked about it in the podcast prior to the county game, they can score goals and I, I do quite like the look of them going forward. I think if they actually had a prolific goal scorer, they would, like I could see why Liam Boyce back in the day bagged so many for Ross County if it, if they were kind of doing something similar. If they had Liam Boyce of back then playing for them now, they'd probably be higher up than, I don't know, ninth, 10th or wherever they are. Well, um, their expected point, I saw somebody put a table up and it was an expected points. And if County had got the points that the stats think they should have, they'd be sixth. Bloody hell. Like, so they're, they're underperforming they their loads. output. But that's it. The defense is so bad. Defensively, yeah. I mean, a, you've got Connor Randall, so nay wonder, Jesus, and, and more, more on him later on. Yeah. Um, but Hearts would double their lead, thankfully, four minutes before half time. Um, there's two things that make this goal. The first of which is the gorgeous ball from Peter Haring, which is inch. No, it's so funny. Last um, week, I literally was saying. Peter Haring can do things that Devlin, Beningame, McInef can't do. And what that is, is spraying forward passes. And as he did that, I laughed as I watched it live thinking, he's literally done exactly what I said. Only Because no one else can do that. No one else can do that in our midfield. I, he looked back, back at his best, didn't he? Which what, he has done for baller. most of this season. And yeah, I love him baller. to pieces. Well, in, in the kind of few opportunities that he's had it's it's yeah. mainly been in recent weeks given Benny's absence yep. um, and yeah that was the first thing and the touch from Ben Woodburn's not bad either is it um, it's great it's uh, so good he obviously then continues before unleashing one at the edge of the area a massive deflection off the seemingly Hibs bound Harry Clark that diverts it past Ross Laidlaw 2-0 hearts 4 minutes before half time and again, like you, given how comprehensive I thought our first per- half performance was, I was thinking that's it. Brilliant. Job done. Three points. Safe. Is that that Harry Clark? Yes. What is he doing at that goal? <laughs> he had a mare, can I just say. <laughs> He's been decent so far for County this season. He's been like the shining light in that dreadful defence yeah. that you've rightly dubbed them. But my goodness, he had a What is he time. doing when the ball's in the air? I don't understand he's, where he's going. He's off to the corner flag, isn't yeah. he? I don't, I don't know where he's off to. I don't know what he's doing. And then I'm always of the opinion that if there's a deflection, it's because the defender isn't closing down quick enough. So the defenders failed to do their job properly. 
Also, and he's, he's well and truly at fault for the goal. Yeah, like, <laughs> what is he doing? There's about four opportunities where he could stop it. I know that Woodburn's touch is fantastic and it takes him out of the game, but part of the reason is because he's running the other direction to it. Because I, th- I don't know if he thinks Woodburn's going to take it down and go on the outside, but why would he ever do that? He literally, he cuts in more than any Hearts player that I can recall. And he's playing in, as in the number years. nine. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that at all. Um, but, obviously I didn't see it at this stage, so I'd, I was just getting the, the Hearts Twitter notification, I'm like, oh good, 2-0, disappointed that I can't see the goal, and then I saw Ben Woodburn pop up, and there was a part of me that was like, do you know what? In the action that I did see, he was looking great. But do I want a kind of personal vendetta to continue against Ben Woodburn? Listen, he's your doppelganger, so you should want him to do well. Even then, I've been thinking about getting like a, a one all over <laughs> and reset it, but that, I would, that would genuinely I'd look even more like Ben Woodburn. That is bad, isn't it? I've had, I've had a couple shocking doppelganger shouts. Johnny Sutherland, or yeah, has been the worst. <laughs> Um, somebody said Kieran Trippier, which I think they were smoking God knows what. Uh, but Ben Woodburn crossed with Jonathan Sutherland is perhaps the worst. It's That's... fine. With my glasses, I get Harry Potter, so we're all right. <laughs> that scar. We're all good. Um, so, yeah, one of my boo boys, which will come to, looks as though he's on his way out. I, I need somebody to, you know, vent towards. And as soon as I saw that it was him that had put us 2-0 up I was thinking ah, do you know what it's Christmas I'll, I'll let it slide did you see the Liverpool Echo headline about the goal no what did they say the most clickbait headline you've ever seen in your life it went Liverpool Loney keeps Hearts Champions League hopes alive oh Jesus <laughs> which is a very very nice way of explaining that goal and result they not say the same about, you know, when Michael and Goo was up the road? I think so. I think so. That Inverness game. I was there. <laughs> Easter Road. But, what what were you thinking? Were you thinking... I was thinking, this is it. it. It's going to be 4-0 yeah. by the end of the game. I, it should like have been 4 or 5. Four. Yeah, yeah it should have been 4 or 5 in that first half. As we say, Suter hit the woodwork twice. McInef had chances. Smith had chances. We took two. And it was like, were sorted. Fowler and Borthwick were doing all the uh, pre-match stuff, half-time stuff and post-match stuff. And at half-time, they were just like, this is one of the best performances we've seen from this Hearts team in the first half. Nothing can go wrong, can it? No, but if there was a club that could find a way (laughs) to monumentally screw it up, I know that club. Um, Like you said, I mean, Soapy just before half-time should put us to eat the good. How does he not score? How does he not score between the two of them? Yeah. But his his eyes are off. His his head's no focused. <laughs> his pound signs are like yeah. rolling. Oh, I say, oh. He's on the he's, a, he's away along the M eight. Have you heard that rumour? Oh, that's that's been a constant one. I, I think <laughs> what was it dad said to me? He was like He can't he can't be choosing Stoke over Edinburgh for places to live. <laughs> and I was like well, I saw people say so that about. Fair I, point. I saw people say that about Gordon because Plymouth were apparently in for him. It was like he's no swapping Edinburgh for Plymouth. Plymouth Argyle. Oh yeah. my goodness. Um, but that I mean that that was obviously all that she wrote first half. I I was actually going to say that I think the last pod we did, I'd said three one because I predicted goals galore, 
how it only ended 2-1 I will never know because um, look second half like like we were going to touch on how can the first half be so professional thorough comprehensive and the second half so dull I can tell you boring do you like you can't agree with the gaffer that it's the flat atmosphere do you part, part of it in all seriousness I can because we see it everywhere that it was like we did it so many times last season that Alloa game you remember we were on 3-0 at home and we blitzed them yeah. in the first half and then it was one of the worst halves of football I've ever seen but three, at 3 I get it the game's done but I think in their mind they were like this game's done they're not coming back in there I don't agree with that mindset by the way but I think that was the mindset and they don't have the next goal as we then see yeah Yeah. and they don't have the fans because if the fans are there it's like come on we want to see more and that makes players go oh aye they're actually here for a doing whereas as you said it was a professional performance and they go right that should be us done however I have another reason why it completely went tits up do you know what it's it's funny that you were going to say that because I thought I thought I want to agree but Tynecastle and its atmosphere is often flat at the best of times anyway. Aye, but there's fans who can moan. There's fans who moan. Well, then I was going to say, had it been as thorough and comprehensive like I suggested, you're right. We would have been craving threes, fours, fives, Mm -hmm. and and beyond. But what what was your other reason? We lost our prince. Craig Halkett went off, and everything just ruined from there. Like, you could physically see the team go, oh, no... We've lost Halks because how can I, I? I can't remember the exact stat. I can't remember if he is number one in the league for defensive aerial duels won. But if he isn't number one, he's in the top three. Like he wins basically everything in the air. And Ross County were often going through the air. And how can that first half just cleaned up everything because that's what he's amazing at. He's amazing at being a sweeper in the middle of a three and just going Suter Moore. Cochrane, Gingsley, Smith, you can do whatever you want on the ball, doesn't matter, but I'll just get rid of it for us. And when, obviously, Kingsley probably wasn't expecting to play as much as he did. Could not believe he was coming back. I know, (laughs) it was unbelievable. I I, I even, I I said something like, delighted to see my man Stephen Kingsley return, but don't want it to be at Craig Halkett's expense. I think that pretty much galvanised the entire fan base's feeling. Yeah, definitely. And Kingsley then had to fit in at the, th- the middle of the three because you can't ask Cochrane to do that. And that's now we have three yeah. ball-playing centre-halves who aren't amazing. Suter's good in the air, but he wasn't central. And uh, this this might sound a bit daft. I don't think Stephen Kingsley's the appropriate build for the centre of the three. No, he's nowhere near as physical as Halkett. Halkett Halkett is a a big boy, aye. Yeah. And you you could see, like, I'd be happy with him, Taylor Moore, or whoever, planted in the middle of a three. Stephen Kingsley, to me, just a a luxury footballer. He doesn't, he's not particularly enormous. He's just a a fine specimen that can unleash a free kick from time to time. But that was the thing. It's, It's one of the countless games we've seen this season that has proved to people who say Halkett isn't Halkett shouldn't be given a new deal, Halkett isn't good enough. He's been our most improved player. A from my mile. opinion, he's been in the top three players this season. He's been fantastic. And every time he's had to either leave during the game or obviously we had a couple of games where he was out through injury. We've we crumbled. just Yeah, we just look at it's almost at sea at the back, but we're like, 
we don't have him there and that's such a compliment to a guy who often has been said that he needs someone there to steady his nerves but evidently now it's like when Halkett isn't there the other defenders now panic a wee bit and go oh we don't have his security that's, that's a massive kind of indication of the improvement in Craig Halkett definitely again the frustration arises that we've not yet tied him up same with Stephen Kingsley I think we will though do you, think we'll, do you think we'll secure Halkett to a new deal because yeah. from what I'd seen from the paper talk I think the kind of two at the the front of the queue were Bristol City and Swansea if, if my memory serves I, 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 I think I like Halkett but I, I think Sit, Bristol City is more likely than Swansea City to be fair yeah, and I think with the age he is, and with how well we're playing the now, unless money is the main aspect for him, which I would understand, obviously, but I think if we offer him a deal, which we should, and Nielsen has said we have, Nielsen is saying that we're in talks with him at least, clearly the club want to keep him, mm-hmm. I, I hope we do, There was this is slightly off topic, but we were obviously meant to have a derby on Monday, and the club posted the highlights from the 3-1 game. Mm-hmm. And see when Claire scores the penalty, it's from behind the goal, and Halkett's standing in front of it, and Halkett just like loses his mind on his own. He's got the armband on as well that, yeah, that night. Yeah, I just, he? I love him. I love him so much. And I, I, I hope I, he's alright. We've seen I that the like injury isn't as bad as initially feared, because it looked bad. Like, He's kind of cemented himself on the ground, but Nielsen said that it doesn't look as bad as we initially thought and that the break kind of came at the perfect time because it means that we didn't need to rush him back for anything. No, I, look, I, I, I go along with all that. Um, so, Hearts, sign him up. Do, yeah. do, the, do the right thing. Because look gonna... how shit we were when he went off. No, I... I that reminds me. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you something. Then I forgot it just there, but now I've re-remembered. Do you think? I don't know whether he's got kind of Scott. I'm assuming he's got aspirations to play for the national team in his mind. Do you think he'd be better served having an extra couple of years at Hearts or moving on to a Championship team and potentially getting that exposure down there? Or do you think? Do you not think it matters? I think he should stay with us, and obviously people will go, well, you just want him to. But I think the worry is, is that he doesn't get played in a system that suits him, and he clearly is a player that needs to play in, play in the centre of a three. And Scotland are lacking in the centre of a three, really. Particularly with Grant Hanley's recent injuries. He doesn't yep. doesn't feature for Norwich at the minute. So, But that's obviously down to injury. But hey. And he's now in a settled team where he's doing well. Yeah, true. True. Um, look, second half. We discussed it before we kind of came on here. Few chances, really lacked in quality, but County would pull one back. Um, Joseph Hungbo is slid in on the right hand side again from Dominic Samuel, um, and I think it's then slid across to Jordan White, yeah. who ugh, look hits both posts. And it you deemed it a lucky goal, yeah. I, I don't think it's lucky in the build up, but the finish, no, be. yeah, the finish is lucky. It's it's actually a it looks amazing because it goes in off the post. <laughs> But he should be burying that with no complications. That should just be in the back of the net. If yeah, he misses that, it's a terrible comment. miss. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair comment. Um, and the glaring opportunity is the one where Conor Randall <laughs> should 
haunt us. The ghosts I, of Ian Catherine were watching over as Joseph Hungbo does get in the way of Connor Randall, who I I was literally up and screaming at the laptop. I was raging. I was thinking. I don't understand how it didn't go in. I've oh. watched it about five times and I still can't believe it doesn't go in. See if see if you'd have stopped watching when the stream crashed, you'd think that Hearts would go on and routinely win that four or five nil. Yeah. If if you watched it like all of us did, I was thinking, how on earth did County not grab something from the game? It's so funny. See immediately after that chance, it cuts to Malky Mackay. And you'd expect in a moment like that a manager to be annoyed, be exasperated, be like, he just turns and clearly says to somebody out of shot, what the fuck happened there? <laughs> like, it's just such a disbelief, like, eh? One of them that he just cannot account for. Um, look, you'd asked me, I think, was it before the Dundee game? No. Yeah, it was before the Dundee game that it had to be three wins from three, nine mm-hmm. points from nine. Yeah. That is... Six from six, two from two, obviously now disrupted with having the St Johnston game after the break. I'm I'm pleased. I'm calm. It's not look, it wasn't it was a great first half performance, it was a dreadful second half performance. It's brought us three points. Again, much like much much like the Dundee game at Dens. I'll take winning ugly every single week. Yeah. Every week. And the only frustration that I had from the county game was that it wasn't a three or four because it it deserved to be given what we saw prior yeah, to the, the stream crashing and we did that without arguably four of our best players for the majority of that game we didn't have Boyce we didn't have Devlin we didn't have Benny and we didn't have Halkett for the last 40 minutes no and it's ironic that you've mentioned four players there because of course seeing as we've entered 2022 that now means that the January transfer window is yeah open. the shittest window come on it is dross isn't it I hate the January transfer window <laughs> it is pretty rubbish um, but it does seem as though Hearts' outgoings and incomings are in two particular positions the first of which is at right back or right wing back Um we're going to start there. First things first, Cammy Logan has departed for Gary yeah. Smith's, uh, Gary Naismith's Edinburgh City on loan uh, until the end of the season, I believe. City now in the playoff places in League Two. So I personally think that's a great wee move to be in a team that's vying for promotion, albeit it is in the fourth tier. What's your, your thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah, definitely. I just hope he plays regularly. I hope it's not a Harry Stone situation. Obviously, the Harry Stone situation is a lot harder because there's only one goalkeeper. But Even at Cove, it didn't look as though it was all that regular for Cammy Logan. Because that, my that's memory serves thing, me, yeah. were Rangers not playing Cove Rangers at Ibrox? And yeah. we were all kind of clamouring and thinking, oh, well, if it's on Premier Sports, like we could give that a watch, see how Cammy Logan gets on. And he didn't I, he play. Yeah, was he stuck on the bench that day? Yeah, he did. He, yeah. Was, he just sat on the bench. Uh, so, yeah, I hope he gets gameplay. It's obviously great that he's going there under Naismith, who Naismith has Legend. previously worked with him as our loan manager, and he got him sorted with stuff like that, so he knows him. And it'll just be, it's just good that he's finally getting games, because the problem has been that his injuries has meant that whenever he's come back, it's often not in a window so he's then had to sit for two months not doing anything get back fit and then get hurt again so hopefully this is the start of him getting regular game time and then he can come back and start competing can I just say I I am a massive fan of this move because I'm pals with Edinburgh City's captain Robbie McIntyre so I'll get some updates off him as to how he's doing Gary Naismith 
with me being a Pennycook boy, obviously Jason Kerr when he was on loan from St Johnston at Gary Naismith. I think Gary Naismith had him at East Fife and Queen East of the South. Fife, and Jason seemed to say that Gary Naismith was great in terms of accelerating his development with obviously going and getting games. So so that's great. Um however of course the big piece of news, the one that you'll no doubt want to speak about given it's another Aussie, um, is the incoming Nathaniel Atkinson. Um the twenty two year old joins from Melbourne City in his homeland on a three-and-a-half-year deal, undisclosed fee subject to visa approval. Um, from what I've read on the afternoon of recording, the 4th of January, um, Hearts are hoping to kind of complete the formalities in the, the coming days, probably after this podcast release, uh, yeah. most likely anyway. Um, but are you excited about the man that's been dubbed <gasps> Natty Aka coming in? I love it. I, I... First of all, before we get in the end, have you seen his dogs? He's got two lovely dogs. What oh, the lovely, the lovely wee things. So get on his Instagram now and get looking at his dogs, listeners. So that's the main thing I'm excited about. Um, he, he might be all right at football, but I like his dogs. So that's kind of my priority there. Um, obviously, we spoke about him last week when it was like, oh, we think we've got him. We don't really know what's happening. Um, however... Adam has now, I think, seen the dogs. Oh, <laughs> See, they are nice dogs, aren't they? Some lovely they dogs. They've got wee Afro heads. <laughs> like, they're class. I love them. They've yeah, got some barnets to be fair. They do, they're don't mains. they? They're great. Oh, they're wee units and I love them. Um, so, yeah, as a footballer, he looks all right. Um, Brilliant. It's, it's good, as I said earlier, it's good competition for Smith. It's someone who... Is his natural position is a is a right wing back, not just a right back, which is something that we've needed because often the criticism labelled at Smith and Moore is that they're not natural there, so there's kind of a bit of disjointedness because Cochrane's really good at getting up and being quite attacking. Um, he's very highly thought of. He was obviously at the Olympics with Cammy Devlin, as we said last week. If Cammy Devlin could have picked one young Australian to come across, it would have been. Natiaka and I'm just I'm very excited. Can't can't say anything else. Haven't haven't seen the geezer play, but like you say, ah, he scores a raker. He scores the, an absolute raker after he starts. He wins the ball back, plays it forward, does about a sixty yard gut busting run, gets the ball back after deflection and flies it into the roof of the net. It's amazing. No, oh, I'm a fan of that. That sounds very promising indeed. And and like I say, who's that Hibs? Who's that former Hibs player? Who's Australian? Uh, he, oh, in the middle of the park. What's his yeah. name? Him, he posted Mark, on one of... Matt Milligan? Mark Milligan? Maybe. Milligan? I, don't I don't know. However, he posted on one of um, Nathaniel Atkinson's Instagram with glory, glory to the high bees and Atkinson replied... Oh, no, it was Jamie McLaren that did that. Jamie McLaren, that's yeah, who it was. Yeah. And, and Atkinson replied with maroon and white flags. With so he gets it flags. already. Love that. Yeah. I love him. That's good. I'm in love. I'm just tr- glad we've got another Australian. He's right. obviously following the footsteps of Cammy Devlin, like pandering to the hearts of Yes, he's and I am the it. easiest person to That's pander it. to. I accept it. He's got you swooning already. He's not even I love him. Us yet. I've not even seen him in the first I haven't yet. even confirmed the signing. They've just nah. said that he'll join. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh dear, smitten already. Um, yeah. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> um. I'd kind of alluded earlier that Armand Nandwili 
is potentially yes. joining Cammy Logan um, out the exit door. That is if paper talk becomes a reality. Um, the Frenchman appears to be linked to the move to Salford City. Mm-hmm. So his contract's obviously up come the end of the season. Um, do you think we'll kind of look to shift him on immediately and get some dough? Can you see him signing a pre-contract? I guess it sort of really depends on how desperately um, the Amis want him, to be honest. It's going to be some laugh when he's featuring on like a documentary on Salford, like the class of 92, and they're building him up to be like Didier Drogba when he's banging them in on a regular basis. I, I honestly don't know what's going to happen. I think... I just think it'll be whatever is best for both parties. I think if he wants to leave and we are like, yep, that's fine, because obviously part of our strategy in the transfer window is clearly to get a striker. Robbie said that, that the number one priority is to get a striker. You have to think that he'll have to go for us to get another striker in, probably. I know that doesn't that isn't like a hard and fast rule. It's not like we need an Andrew Lee for another striker. We can have all three together, but I doubt that would happen. It'll be interesting to see where you go because I've also seen like Bristol City has been linked to him as well. Like, really? there's a few. Yeah, there's a few. I didn't think his ceiling was that high. To be fair, in the Championship, no. Like, oh, I, I, yeah, I, I see, agree. I can see some League One clubs. Like, I think Sunderland have been in long-term with yeah. Magnus, haven't they? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of like other clubs fine for promotion. I don't know, Wigan, Rotherham. Plymouth Argyle. No yeah, go to Plymouth. They tried to get God and they'll go to the other end of the park. Or, like, Blackpool could surely reunite uh, him, no? I think that screams of Dimitri Mitchell 2.0. Someone who was class in the first term and then comes back and it's a disaster. Who also went on to play for Blackpool, funnily enough. Yeah, well, we'll see. Um, there was, of course, a story that emerged but seems to have kind of been put to bed I'm curious to get your thoughts on this because rumours were kind of um, emerging in Japan that the Jambos were plotting a swoop for, let me get this right Tsuyoshi Ogashiwa of Hokkaido Consadole Sapporo of the J-League, there you go Sapporo Sapporo, thank you. Um, they finished 10th of 20 in the J-League last season. As um, mid-table as you can get. Yep. Uh, seven league goals in 30 of appearances. Unaware of how many of those were starts. Did my research, but not got a scooby who the fella is. Also don't have a scooby where on earth people think that Hearts were plotting such a massive bid from. I don't know. Yeah. If, is this James Anderson money never-ending? As the foundation received see, a shit ton of more pledges. Like, see, when this on? came out, my brain went, we're selling Suter in January. See, that I'd understand, but then surely you'd go like for like. No, I, we're going to get a <laughs> Japanese 10 instead of losing a Scottish we've, def- we've definitely had a look at, like, Postacoglu kind of raiding Asia for a plethora of players. And Listen, hoping that, it's, a, know, it's a talent pool we can, that we can, has... We can have one. It's a talent pool that's been completely untapped by our side of the game, which is really frustrating. I, I really like that we're going to the A-League and picking up young players from there because Devlin's come in and been amazing. Hopefully Atkinson comes in and does the same. And it's an entire area of football that often just kind of gets disregarded. For Ryan McGowan reason. spoke about that really passionately on, yeah. the, on the latest episode of Scars in the Funnel. That was good listen. Absolutely. And he was spot on with what he said. Like, There's a reputation that, oh, the in... 
Asia and Oceania, whatever you want to call it, down in Australia and New Zealand, that they don't care as much about football at all, about rugby and cricket and stuff like that. But there is still like incredible talent that has come from that part of the world, both in Japan, China, and then moving down further south to Australia and New Zealand. Like There's so many talented players, and it's an entire area that if you do what Postacoglu has done and tapped into it early... It can reap you such high rewards because no one else is doing it. It does fry my brain that, like, just thinking now, there could be some kid playing on, like, an Adelaide beach, like where Gowser's from, and they could later be pulling on the maroon jersey, having flown, you know, all the way over to the other side of the world to represent the mighty jam. Isn't that where Atkinson's from? Isn't he from Adelaide? I know we signed him from Melbourne City, but I think he's from Adelaide. Couldn't tell you. I may be wrong. Don't, don't have I a clue. I focus mainly on these dogs and not much else. And now, now I'm going to be obsessed with these dogs. I thought I was obsessed with just Dusty, but now there's no, another two added to my, to my yeah. collection. Um, but, collection. But but what do you know about this this Japanese geezer? No much. He plays no. n- normally as a ten, which is why right. when everybody went, we're signing this striker. We only seven goals. In 30 games, it's like, in fairness to him, he's only played a striker in the last five games. The previous 25, he was in the 10. Right, well, okay. That's that's still not that bad a return, actually, as an attacking midfield player. I don't and the big thing was that he's a very creative player, which is what we've been screaming out for, a creative midfielder. Oh, wow. But, he's been crying out for creativity for a wee while. Well, it's no happening, regardless. It isn't okay. happening. Yeah, he there said, was, there was I'm moving past this. I'm moving past you trying to be cocky. It's no happening. He said very clearly that he still has unfinished business there. The rumour is that the 800k was much, much less. Scottish yeah, journalists were like, Mark Donaldson no, immediately was. put that to bed. Yeah. That there was such a high price tag. Um, that's what I was exactly going to say. Because he, it seems as though he's rejected us... <laughs> I want to say for now because I feel like, yeah, you know, I don't know whether these guys are content with just playing in Asia. I'd imagine that they'll have their sights set on Europe, and we would kind of be the first stepping stone for him. So maybe maybe that move to Scotland could tempt him later on. But I, especially I because there sure. is an element of it where now that Celtic have set like they just signed this Maida and Gucci and stuff like and that, Tarte and yeah. I missed the third one. I know that one's Maeda, one wants to go by Gucci, and I can't That's the sitting f- midfielder that was at Leeds, I Yes, think. Yeah. yes. And I think that the other boys, Hatate. I'm not sure. Hattate. I I missed the third one completely. I, I saw Maeda's interview. Um, and basically, there is something to be said for that will attract other, particularly Japanese players, because it's such a culture shift. And it's such, like, the language is insanely different. The entire culture, as I say, is totally different. The living conditions. It's very daunting to go across yourself. However, if there is already a contingent within the league, it would make it easier because they would all be able to kind of help each other with the language, with the environment. They'll be the... inspired by exactly what you said with kind of Kyoko Furuhashi. There he has yeah, earned, exactly. earned a trophy pretty much single-handedly in that final with two great goals and has already been, you know dubbed with a move to the Premier League or wherever. Listen, I personally... Japan is like where I eventually want to end up. I love Japan, I love Japanese culture, I love everything like that, and I've always wanted us to kind of tap more into that. And I don't think this deal will happen, personally. 
But not. I'd like us to kind of keep an eye on that market and just it's because there's no negatives to it. Like if you're just aware of a market, nothing might happen. But if something does happen and you can pick up a player who's destined for better things, but you can get him in that stopgap, it can only benefit the club. Joe Savage, if you're listening and watching, there you go. There's there's MacIver's uh, statement. Um, I guess that pretty much sums up kind of all that we've had to speak about recently, other than the greatest present of all, <sighs> a late Christmas present. I'd like to consider it, um, and you know it was Craig Gordon's birthday, but I felt as though I was getting spoiled. Just it fantastic in it. It's just incredible, just sat going, oh yeah, it's New Year's Eve, it's Craig Gordon's birthday, would they maybe do it? Obviously in the time that we've been away, there was all the reports that he might be going down south and the Hearts fan base shit themselves collectively. I loved the This Is My Story Pod's tweet, which was immediately like, Joe Savage was very confident that Craig Gordon <laughs> will remain at Hearts. And there was a part of me that was like, yes, I'm fully aware that, you know, Craig Gordon's back at Hearts with being a Hearts fan. But, but there was just a tiny little part of me silently shitting myself. But thankfully, that's been put to bed. Two and a, two and a half year deal, is it? Two and a half year, until the end to, of 2024. Takes him to 42 years of age. Hey, Buffon's just, exactly. just turned 44. Everybody's, everybody's using that, that example and I can't blame them. I'm so happy. So oh, happy. it's just, it's great. I did see, I can't remember, I feel really bad. I can't remember who said it. But I, I fully agreed with somebody being like, I love how hearts have seen the way in the in the two days prior to the announcement, the way that everybody's panicking, but they were like, we want to announce it on his birthday because it's nice. So we're just going to let you all panic in the 48-hour period. That's it. The, the hearts admin was like, ah, screw it. I'll just chuck all the content out on, on Craig's birthday. Uh, yeah, exactly. Bang. There you go. Can't, can't um, fault the shit house. I said on Twitter I would walk John Souter down south myself if it means we get to keep Craig Gordon. <laughs> like, I just think he is the most crucial one that we had to get signed. He's the. I mean, he's been our player of the season so far. I think head, head and shoulders. The captain, Hearts fan, the best goalkeeper we've ever produced. Best, best goalkeeper the, best, the club's ever had. Yeah, arguably the best player we've ever produced in terms of yeah. from like academy. Obviously, the, the, the records show that and whatever. Yeah, like club record and, sale, and just the most handsome footballer of all time as well. I I, ju- I'm delighted. I said it at the time, but that League Cup defeat at Alloa was one of the worst days of my life. Yet, interviewing Craig Gordon stood literally about five ten yards. I'm a heterosexual male, but I was getting lost in his eyes. He is one just, handsome, handsome man. Aged like a fine wine. He's beautiful. He wants, he wants, I say this if it was ages ago, in July, he turned to me and went, what are you doing? And I just didn't know what to say because I was standing speaking to Robbie Nielsen. What are you doing? <laughs> he just kind of looked at me and I'm like, what are you doing? Who are you? Who the hell's this clown? Yeah, exactly. And I just love him. He might be my favourite Hearts player ever. I know, but we've we've said this before. I don't I don't want to give a goalkeeper that title. But see, I don't give a shit about that. I'd I'm I'll happily give it to a goalkeeper. One of but, my favourite players ever is Victor Valdez. But you you love all the like the defensive side and all. That's that. true. That's very true. 
Yeah, so that's I'm, fair. And I'm, 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 I'm the offensive man. I, Rudy, like nobody's ever going to come close to Rudy. But Rudy is the other one that it's like. For, but I also have Presley, which is like hated <laughs> amongst everybody exactly. But right. the focal point is is that Craig Gordon is still here. We can all calm down. And now, the important thing is get Halkett, Kingsley, and Haring to new deals, please. Because we're consigned to losing John Sewer. Yeah, that's happened. I've very much made my peace with it. I'll be more annoyed if we lose Haring in it than if we lose Sewer. There, there was another thing. Blackburn was another club linked with John Sewer as well. Fucking everybody's linked with John Sewer, right? Except us. We're the only one who are linked with Rangers, Stoke, Blackburn, all interested in a Hearts player. Yeah. Exactly. So. However, that is us for this week, and we will say this now: we don't know what's happening next week. Obviously, with the winter break closing, well, ending soon, but it's probably not going to end soon. Games probably only going to be back. We need a Craig Levine type January transfer window to fill an hour's <laughs> worth of conversation. Basically, <laughs> yeah, basically. Long gone are the days where Hearts would shell out eleven summer signings. Mind that January we got Suter. Twenty sixteen. Nice. What if we have another moment like that? A we just snip, get a, a, a huge snip. signing. Yeah. But anyway, that'll be that'll be the next yes. one. So there you go. Yes, exactly. Right. We might see you next week. We hope to see you next week. However, just keep up to date with all the socials, which are below me and Adam here. However, if you're just listening, it's at Petty Paisley on everything. That is where you will find out what's happening. Regardless of if we're going to do an episode or not, we will tweet that way or another. We'll keep um, you in the loop, don't you worry. Absolutely. Because it's a big next 70 episodes next week. Mad. How crazy is that? What are you all doing here? You mental cases. Get a <laughs> life, come on. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Stop listening to our show. But thank you for listening to our show this week. As I say, we have been Petty Paisley. You can get us on all the socials at Petty Paisley. Send us an email at Paisley at gmail.com if you fancy giving us any form of questions or just a topic to speak about. Same with all forms of social media. Just tweet us stuff if you want to speak about. We're also on YouTube if you're watching this please leave a like subscribe and comment on that it massively massively helps also if you just listen to this please leave a review on your podcast platform of choice massively helps the algorithm as well please do that it's been really really helpful particularly towards the end of the year adam where can they get you on social media they can get me on all the socials at adam t kendall and i was going to say just you can fire abuse at us for a week if you want you know there's there's plenty avenues to get your points across might even do a wee Q&A or something. We don't know what's in the pipeline, but what about yourself, mate? I'm at dmciver22. We are potentially back next week to preview the upcoming St. Johnston game and any other transfer ins and outs. But until then, or until the next time, we'll see you later. Bye-bye. See you when we see you. More the hearts!